It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's a Friday. It's a vibes check after two preseason games. And we're going to look at Malcolm Brogdon and Blake Griffin. Do they have leadership things that they can offer Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? And it's all happening with Abby Chin right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day, and I am here for you every day, Monday through Friday, with a fresh, free podcast, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube. I do want to thank you for making the show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player and credential beat writer covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, now heading into my 16th season covering the Celtics overall. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. I think this is a good time for a vibe check. Friday, vibe check. And the best, absolute, best possible way I could do a vibe check is with Abby Chin. Now this is applause worthy. This gets you applause right off the bat. Abby Chin. Tom Westerholm is going to be so mad at you, but totally will understand. Um, did you, you applaud Abby? yourself last week at some point? Did I applaud myself? Yeah. I mean, no? it's uh, it's it's very likely that I did. I, I, probably, I probably did. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I probably deserved it, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Abby, you're with the team down in, uh, was it Greensboro? We are in Greensboro, North Carolina. Ooh. Although I'm not sure we're even actually in Greensboro. We're at a resort somewhere near the Coliseum. Sure. Well, that's nice. So the, the Celtics run are... right away, right? It's... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not going to divulge your location right away. Um, 
so uh, yeah, I, I, I we're we're two games into the preseason, and this has been you know like coming into this the beginning of September. It was like, all right, here we go. Celtics are going to be a contender. Everything's great. Everything feels good. And then Danilo Gallinari gets hurt. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Not so bad. We, we, we can figure this out. Then, I mean, that one, that one hurt. No. They hurt. It hurt. But you're like, you start to rationalize it. Okay, so, you, know, you, you know, second, third guy off the bench. There's, you know, we start talking about Sam Hauser a little bit. Like, okay, okay, okay. Rob then has his surgery. Okay, all right, that kind of sucks. Then the whole email thing goes down, and it's like, all right, who could have a worse September without playing any basketball than this team? But now here we are, two games. I don't know, Ab, I feel like uh, everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're cool. Vibe check Friday. The vibes are amazing right now. Yeah. I mean, did you see Blake Griffin messing around with everybody on the bench and all of the celebrations at the end of the second game? I mean, yeah, the vibes are great, even though he didn't play. So we have that to look forward to coming mm-hmm. up here. But, um, yeah, it's it's been pretty amazing how well they've been able to basically pick up where they left off the second half of the season. It's like that game six didn't happen other than the fact that it seems to be driving and inspiring them forward. And now it's a matter of focusing in. It is, you know, the whole, whole last couple of weeks didn't even happen although <laughs> but, but they definitely happened <laughs> uh today's show by the way brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered with this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts Let, let's just touch on that because that that has to be the starting point of where we're headed you got to look at the you know i was talking to a couple of people and and not about exactly what happened because that's salacious and i don't care the impact on these guys and the impact around the organization and, and just this kind of like people who are usually smiley or, you know, for a little while, you see them just kind of this, a little forlorn look, a little kind of like, Oh God type of look. Um, but that's just me a little bit from the outside. I mean, can, can you speak to it just a little bit of like, just in the immediate aftermath as, as we're heading into the season, like just this, kind of cloud that was around just so we can kind of get a sense of where these guys were and and, and, and what they had to rally around to escape from. Yeah, I'm sure you talked about it. Media day was weird. Just yeah. a few days after the news had broke and we did get to meet Joe Missoula officially um, for the first time. But there was, there was just this dark cloud and I was in a separate room where team photos were happening for the season with their um, jerseys on. And it was just so quiet, John. It was Mm. really quiet. I mean, and it was just talking to people from the organization. I mean, everyone was shocked by this. And then any woman that I ran into, it was just like, are you okay? How are you doing? Is every, like, checking on your people after that Thursday that was just so awful and disgusting in the way that <laughs> that yeah. was handled on social media. But um, I, I was surprised. I, John, like many, I think assumed that the players knew more than we do. Mm-hmm. And I was super surprised hearing from Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that they didn't know much more than we did. And I completely understand the Celtics organization side of it legally. I mean, there's really nothing. Yeah 
you can say. And, and that's what they were doing that entire Thursday as social media was dragging everyone. Um, well, they were in the room with lawyers and, and trying to figure out what to do, how to handle this, what they could say, what they can't say. And um, it's just, it was an awful situation that they were put in. It's awful for everyone. And I think it's really encouraging that the Celtics have been able to get back to basketball, have clo- have showed a clear focus on the floor. And I'm really hoping that they at least take the good lessons that they learned from Ime Udoka and can carry those through into this season. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day on the podcast. We're, we're you know, just because Ime did whatever he did off the court doesn't mean that what he did on the court was bad. The stuff that he did on the court was good. And the lessons and the things that these guys learned from him were good. And you don't have to return that. You don't have to give that back to anybody. You can still say, oh yeah, we got to play tough defense and we got to play with an edge and you know we got to play with more discipline and we got to share the ball and all of that stuff. Everything that they learned basketball-wise from last season applies. And I have to applaud Joe Mazzula for coming in and saying, look, everything is going to stay pretty much the same. It's a, uh, it's continuity, it's carryover. It's all those buzzwords that he was using because you'd have, you'd be an idiot to say, oh, well, I know better than what worked for a team that went to the finals last year. It's still mostly the same players. It's still mostly the same coaches. Why can't we run this back? doesn't matter that the number one guy wasn't here. Well, the rest of us can figure this out, and we can actually make it better because now we have other guys. We're going to just put them in a little spin on it. So in a weird way, it almost is like it forced these guys to focus. It forced everybody to say, okay, we're going to do this again, and we're going to do it right. And what you see in the first two games, what I saw in the first two games, was a team that looked ready to be in the middle of – like. If, if you said the Christmas Day game was two weeks away, I think these guys are ready for it. I mean, Marcus Smart in that first quarter of the game against Toronto, maybe um, not so much. But okay, yes. okay, the the the, the alley oop off the backboard, yeah. notwithstanding, and and then the the, the rest of my point stands. Five runs into the stands, um, but I. <laughs> which, I, he had three of them, like on back-to-back possessions. And you're just like, Marcus, what? To are be you fair, doing? Deuce was wide open on the sidelines. Yeah, but down here, he threw the ball away. <laughs> I mean, he's not I growing remember. that fast, Marcus. I know. Um, he's growing fast though. That's crazy. So I he's like big. the perspective that you took that maybe this is a good thing. It's forcing them to dial in all of that talk about expectations that they are the presumptive. I mean, finals favorites, that that goes out the window. Now you have to focus on what is actually happening. And I, I just cannot understate how impressed I have been by Joe Mazzulla and what has happened, how he has approached this situation. I mean, talk about a, a tough challenge that, I mean, how can you ever be prepared for a situation like that, but even, and I, I've known him a little bit. I did cover him when he was the head coach of the summer league team. And so I've talked to him and he's just, he's very serious, so steady, but you hear, we heard Brad Stevens. We heard the players talk about how much confidence they have in Joe and he, it's real. It's legit that that they're not just saying those things. He has been, um, I mean, 
I don't want to say unfazed by this because he completely he understands what's happening and it and it does affect every thing that he's doing and how he's carrying himself, but he has this confidence and this way about him that that he's also not afraid to say that if he doesn't know something or if he wants to ask a question and say, why are we doing this? Or why is this done this way? He's not afraid to do that and lean on his assistants. And um, I think that's the mark of a great leader. But the thing that's interesting, um, you mentioned it, the consistency of it. I asked Joe, like he hasn't moved into the head coach's parking spot. He hasn't fully moved into the head coach's <laughs> office at the practice facility. I asked him why not. And he, he said, you know, everybody is dealing with this. Um, and he called it a loss. You know, he's dealing with this pain in their own way. And I don't want to stomp on something and, and um, overstep and, and make someone feel uncomfortable. And so um, I think he's, his approach is phenomenal. I, I cannot comprehend how he's doing and handling all of this. Mm. And, and I also don't think he had much of a choice when it came to consistency because he was handed the job three days before camp. So yeah, he's yeah. probably going to use the same practice reports and <laughs> practice plans and you're probably going to yeah. use the same, you know, the NBA calendar is planned out way in advance of what hotels you're going to stay at and how long you're going to stay and all of that. So um, I think that just kind of fits in, but he has been phenomenal in very difficult circumstances. You brought something up here about how he feels about this whole thing that I don't think, I don't think we've talked about that. I don't think anybody's talked about that. Um, but we will, when we come back first, we're going to talk about, this is trying, trying to get this tease thing down. First, let's talk about bet online. Your number one source for all of your betting information this season, including, and obviously football, college football, pro football, whatever you want to put some money down on. It's there at bet online You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, and podcasts, news. It's all right there. In-depth articles, analysis on every game that you can find over there. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They have live betting, live betting. So if you're in the middle of a game and you want to bet on a second quarter or a third quarter or a second half, it's there. Check it out. Up to the minute scores for every sport out there. That includes MLB, playoff time in MLB, NBA, preseason, that's there. Regular season right around the corner. Things like MMA, boxing, and golf. It's all right there at betonline.net. So use your mobile device if you'd like to go and learn more. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. It's where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. You got to make sure next week you're checking out the ultimate pro basketball preview. It starts October 10th, a six episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NBA season. Local team experts, including this guy and NBA insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey, all combining into one ultimate emphasis on ultimate NBA preview starts October 10th. So make sure you search for Ultimate Pro Basketball Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's bring Abby back. And I, you, you said something that struck me. And 
I think it's important to bring up as far as how these guys are mentally processing things. The coaches who are there because Ime hired them, the players who have succeeded because Ime helped them succeed and grow their games. If if a relative of mine did something bad, I can acknowledge that it was bad, but still say I love this guy. You know, if my brother did something how bad, right? Well, I mean, if my brother did something horrible, I can acknowledge that it was horrible. I'm not, it's not going to mean that I don't love him. It's going to, it means that he did something horrible and I have to process that. And I have to figure out how, like, how did he do that? There's, there is a sense of loss. There is a sense of, you know, even if it was from a, a mentor, a, you know, whether you considered him a brother, whether you considered him a friend, maybe you just consider him a coach and coaches are disposable, whatever it is, there are different relationships along, along the way. And guys have developed different bonds with him. And there is a process of, I, I can't believe that this has happened. I can't believe that this is, you know, how, how do we process this? And there is a kind of, um, I don't know, the, 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 almost like a, a grieving and processing that, that guys have to get, they have to rectify this within themselves. And I think, I think part of how they do that is by saying, you know what? I, I, I can't even think about it right now. I have to, I have to just say basketball only. And, and that focus on the floor is, is not just, Hey, we got to focus on basketball now. It's, it's part of their healing. I think. Well, and we talk about that all the time, how the court is your sanctuary, the gym, Absolutely. wherever you are. I mean, that's where you're able to go in and focus and, and, as you're talking about that, and this is nothing even remotely close to that, but it, it just reminds me of Isaiah Thomas and what he went through in that um, magical playoff run in mm -hmm. what year was that? 2017? 16? 2016. Okay. That was right. a while ago. But, um, Boy, it all blends in. It all blends in together. Sorry. He had his tooth knocked out and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the way that he was able to bring that focus on the court after – dealing with such huge emo traumatic tragic emotions throughout the day i think really shows you what these guys are capable of and that is something that i asked a lot of them on media day and, and i think malcolm brogdon just said i think as basketball players for some reason when you get to this level you are so good they are some of the best of the world at compartmentalizing you really yeah. can't kind of close off that part that part of your brain and focus on what you have to do the task at hand the next possession. And, and that's something that's coached into them. And I think that that is something that is helping them get through this. Yeah. That, that on the court stuff. I mean, it really is, it really is a place where you can just forget the world. So these guys now are out there playing ball and some of these guys are playing ball better than I expected. So let me throw it out to you first. If there's anybody who stands out that, obviously I think one of the answers is going to be Sam Hauser. We're all going to be like Sam Hauser's. Uh, but from the guys who came back from last year, um, not Sam, cause he was a two way guy. Does anything stand out to you on, on these guys about these guys, the returning players, the core players about like just anything that, that's surprising about how, how well they're playing. My mind goes straight to Jalen Brown. Although I don't feel like, it should. We know Jalen. He goes away for no matter how long or short the summer is, and he comes back, and his game is 
I mean, exponentially, it feels like better. Mm-hmm. But the way that he's been able to pick up and um, look like he hasn't skipped a beat, and I know those first quarters have become the Jalen Brown time. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, I think it's been really neat to watch. I think even though he was, and and I just remembered this the other day, he was the Celtics' leading scorer in the NBA Finals. I mean, the yeah. turnovers dogged him. And, and he knows that. I know he heard the criticism, and that is absolutely something that he worked on hard over the summer. But to see him come in and play with this, he – he just seems so motivated to get them back there and do whatever it's going to take to do that. And so I think that's been really cool to see. I also know um, he talked about Malcolm Brogdon is one of his best friends in the NBA. And so to have him on his team, have a guy like that, who um, I think that we may have overestimated, at least myself in my mind, I think everyone when the Malcolm Brogdon deal went down, it was like, is he the missing piece? Is this what's mm-hmm. going to be Celtics to banner number 18? And then you watch him on the floor in these first two games, you're like, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I think I was super, I was really excited about the Brogdon edition and I'm not even more so now. And then just how much guys like Jalen respect him in the locker room and then also on the floor. Yeah, well, I, I think Jalen Jalen's coming in like like the playoffs are starting. Like he's he's just locked in right away. It, that so is absolutely amazing. You know, says the F word on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Halftime, like he's he's really gotten loose with the cursing in the in the <laughs> interviews. Um, that was uh, that's funny. Uh, he's yeah he he is in mid season form. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed by Grant. I'm impressed by Grant Williams. He is just the more I, I look at and, and go back and rewatch these games, man, this guy is become has become more fluid. I think a little bit more confident with the ball. He's he's just doing things that you haven't seen him do. And he's he's what in his fourth year now. So yeah, he's a young guy. He should be adding stuff to his game, but. That you you bring up Malcolm Brogdon and, and you know I mentioned Sam Hauser before, but Brogdon, Brogdon Hauser and and Grant, those three guys have come in in two consecutive second quarters and changed the game. The, the, you know you have two games where the first quarters are a little bit back and forth, and maybe the guys are a little bit sloppy and they're kind of finding their way into the game. Then Brogdon comes in as like, nope, we're locking this down. Hauser hits some shots. Grant's making some plays, you know, what all of a sudden it's an 18 point lead. Wow, man, this is this is great. And Grant's doing some stuff that the you know, with the ball that that's very impressive. And to do that all around Brogdon is is super important. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Brogdon thing, you know, Hauser's the big, a big story. Grant's a big story. I don't think it's a surprise that those two guys have been playing with Brogdon a lot. 
you're right. I mean, <laughs> Brogdon, I said in yesterday's podcast, he's now, I think he's going to be so important that I'm, I'm afraid of how important he's going to be because of his injury history. Yeah. I'm afraid that like, oh my God, he's going to be, he, he's almost indispensable. I can see him elevated to this guy is indispensable. If he goes down for any amount of time, that's going to be a real hard thing for the Celtics to overcome. Yes, but I think you can say that about any of their top rotation players. I just have been so impressed about how he's been able to come in and and in seemingly a five-minute stint, he's already put up a handful of assists, gotten guys open. And what I find really encouraging, and, and I know defenses will adjust, but he talked about just how open he's finding himself. I mean, this is a guy who averaged 20 points a game last season, has led the Pacers in scoring the entire time he was there. And what he told me at media day is he realized what a slog that was. There was, there was a reason he went to the Pacers. He said he chose it. He wanted to be the point guard. He wanted to be the man and have the ball in his hands and be running an offense. And he said that experience taught him that there's more to basketball than just having to be that guy. And so I think he is genuinely focused on winning and wants to do what's best for the team. And that's what makes his basketball intelligence so important is because he can. Jalen said it, and I don't think it's an exaggeration. He always makes the right play. He makes the Mm -hmm. right basketball play and keeps the ball moving. And you're right. It is a little scary to think about. But the Celtics, I mean, we saw what they did even last season in the playoffs and and Rob such an X factor for them. And they were without him for, you know, so many of the games during that run. And and just it's a next man up mentality. But – all those guys that you're talking about, Sam Hauser and Grant Williams, that's where the depth comes in. And that's where you hope those additions that they made in the offseason are what make the difference. Let me let me throw a concept out at you and you tell me what you think. Brogdon has is here after his foray into Indiana where he wanted to be the man. And now he says there, there's more to basketball than that. Blake Griffin is in town. He was the absolute face of the NBA for a stretch. He was in every commercial, and that went away quickly. What about these two guys and their impact on Jason and Jalen? You have you have one of the narratives around Jalen over the course of this summer, because he's in trade rumors, and people saying, He's going to want to be the number one guy. He's going to want to go out and be the number one guy. He's going to leave anyway. You've got to move him anyway. And now here's here's Brogdon, who's like, uh, yeah, being the number one guy, not all it's cracked up to be. Be on a winner, being on a winning team. This whole concept of Jason's going for MVP and Jalen's going for first team all NBA, and maybe they're going to get too selfish. And and here comes Blake, who's like, hey, you know what? I had it all, and that goes away in a blink. One knee injury, and it's all gone. So appreciate it while you got it. Maybe these two guys, more than basketball-wise, maybe these two guys can be the mentors that Jalen and Jason kind of need, right place, right time, to just kind of not, – not that I think that these guys need a, a, a sense of direction, but just a little just a little nudge, just a little, hey, just just appreciate what you have here and try to try to keep this thing that you have here going for as long as you can, because as soon as you leave it, you're not getting it back. I agree with you on the premise. She I says skeptically. Will back to, um, I will push back on. I think that that narrative around Jalen and Jason 
I, I would be shocked if that's what happens. I, I think what is motivating them and what was hammered into their heads is that sense of what you were talking about, sacrifice, being doing whatever it takes to for the team to win. And I think that that was hammered home during the NBA finals. It was hammered home through that entire playoff run. But to lose at the hands of the Golden State Warriors who embody that team concept and are mm-hmm. just such a joy to watch. And um, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that that was not lost on Jason and Jalen. And, and for them both to see what it takes to get to that next level and to actually win a championship, I think that will mean so much more to them as they look to get back to the NBA Finals this season. But there's no question. I think Malcolm Brockton could have a huge influence. I, I'm hoping that Blake Griffin does too. I think that that's – Brad would not have brought him in if he didn't think he was going to be a positive influence sure. in that locker room, um, especially when you look at the landscape and, and what free agents are still out there. But – I can't get excited about Blake. And and I know that it's <laughs> a bad situation. I mean, the locker room, he has made no, you know, he has not tried to, uh, I don't know how to say that, you know, pussyfoot around how weird and awkward and mm-hmm. that locker room was with the Nets. Um, but what we saw from him in that series and, and he, he was clearly mad to be at the end of the bench. He was clearly upset that he hadn't gotten into this playoff series. And then when he did get in, he was so ineffective. And yeah. so I'm just, I'm not going to get excited about Blake until I can see what it does. And I, and I know that he is not someone they're going to be counting on in the playoffs, but um, I'm way more excited about Malcolm Brogdon than I am. About oh yeah, for sure. And I'm not excited about Blake as far as the signing as him as a player, um, because I, I I, I think it is what it is. I think he understands it too. This isn't even the situation from a couple of years ago where he walked into Brooklyn after the Detroit mess and kind of wanted to prove. I mean, he he didn't dunk for a year and a half in Detroit. Then he comes out and he's like dunking in his first few games. Okay, I think he wanted to prove something. I think now he gets it. He understands. And he even said that, you know, I was going to wait until after training camps and just kind of see if if you're willing to wait until after training camps, you know you're not an important player. If you think you, if you think you're a you know a, a guy who's going to contribute 25 you 30 minutes and didn't want to do training camp? No, I think I think you just I think you understand. I think there's like and and I in his first interview, that that first scrum, I just I, you can hear the kind of coded admissions of you know knowing your role coming in whatever they want me to do you know now and whatever they want me to do when Rob comes back like he understands I'm gonna play a little bit now when Rob comes back and we'll play a lot less maybe not at all he I think he gets all that stuff I think he just wants to come in and be a part of a team because let me tell you something being part of a team is awesome and the longer you can hold on there's a reason why guys hold on to this for way too long. And it's not just so they can make an extra million and a half in, in the veteran minimum. It's because being in a locker room with the team is awesome. It's fun playing, you know, flying around on a charter and playing basketball is fun. Uh, But I think he just gets it. I think he gets what he's going to be. So whatever he gives the Celtics in four or five minutes stints, I'm fine with, I I don't think he's going to be anything more. Like you heard Joe, what did Joe say? He's going to be a, he's going to be a ball mover. 
uh, you know, he didn't say anything like we expect him to score a rebound. When you say he's going to be a ball mover, it means we want you to not have the ball in your hands. So I think everybody's on board with what his role is going to be. It just, it just kind of struck me that you have these two guys in Brogdon and Blake who are, you know, like I said, Blake was, Blake was the NBA. He, he had the max contract. He had every commercial out there. I mean, he's, he's, his career, that peak of his career is everything. I think Tatum wants with, with the commercials and everything. So I think there's like a cautionary tale there to be like, you know, you know, it does go away. It does go away fast. I agree with you. And I'm going to let you talk in a second. I agree with you that they, it's not that Jalen and Jason weren't uh, focused or willing to sacrifice. I think they totally want to win, but they're young and young NBA players don't see the big picture the way these guys who have had it and lost it see the big picture or have had it and struggled with something see the big picture. So I just think it's it's valuable to have these guys in there to be like, eh, you know, just, just understand what's down the line. I've been there. You don't think don't think it's it, it is what you think it is. I mean that's why Vince Carter was in the league for so long because he was so good at delivering that message and being in the locker room and and he could see that he was able to humble himself. Um I don't know. I was in that Blake Griffin scrum too. And and yes, I think he, he said all the right things, John. I just didn't get that humility vibe from him. Okay. And, and I know he's, he's an elite NBA player. So there's, you know, there's a different level of humility that he's capable of. I just sure. All right. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the, the beauty is if he gets disruptive, they can just cut him. It's not a big deal. It's just a veteran minimum deal. All right, so let's I'm not wrap. To bash Blake. I'm, I, I no. want him to do well. <laughs> no, it's not. I don't, I don't take that as bashing. I think it's it's, it's yeah. a fine take. It's a fine take. <laughs> um, we'll finish this going back to the vibe check. After two preseason games, are you willing to wildly overreact and put them back in the finals? What do you What do you think after two preseason games? For this team, how how are you feeling? What's what's the Abby vibes check? John, you know me. I ride a roller coaster, so when things are going well, <laughs> I am all about it. I am on a high. Um, yeah, absolutely going back. I my dear, um, my only concerns are that obviously the East got tougher, and yeah. this time that Rob is going to miss. We're having so much fun with these small ball lineups. Jason Tatum's at the five, and while he's not actually banging down there or posting up guys, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how realistic that is when you're going up against the Joel Embiid's of the world or, or even Giannis right, right. And, and with Lopez. And if that little burst of speed is going to get you anywhere. So um, that's my only hesitation. Cause I think it's going to be a slog to get through the East this season, mm. but seeing the way that they have come in and, and have been able to overcome the, adversity that they faced at the beginning of training camp I am absolutely encouraged and I mean I feel like with Jason and Jalen and the drive that they have and the supporting cast the support that they have around them right now I absolutely think that's possible yeah I mean I I think it is definitely going to be tough and not having Rob 
is yeah. is that's a big deal. Um, I think we. And then how long is it going to take him to get back into and right. the Rob that we know and and the Rob that they need? Right, right. Um, that is it, very easy to overreact, and you know the Charlotte Hornets are just. Not particularly good right now. The the the, the win over the Raptors. I, I I keep calling it a win. I'm sorry because they lost, but I consider it a win because when when it was like real team versus real team, they were up by like 19 when when everybody came up. So you know, real quick, do you that- want to go inside TV X's and O's too much? So you know, my post game interview on the court, I only get it if the Celtics win, and we're trying to you know, it's the preseason. We don't want to you know, waste our biggest bullets. So we didn't really want to talk to Jason Tatum. And then Sam Hauser made all those incredible plays. We talked to Sam Hauser after preseason game number one. There was a lot of negotiations going on about who we were going to talk to post game. And it was going to be Peyton Pritchard for a while. And then he missed that shot. And then um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little relieved. that. Well, the, they committed the cardinal sin of going into overtime in a preseason game. So that's at least it went fast. It, was, it did go fast, and I it do did. think they should do a running clock for the preseason overtime. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm willing to just say, oh, tie game, tie game. Yeah. Why why do you need overtime? Why do you need overtime? It was good for Joe in his first season to go through those types of situations and experiences and being in those yeah. on your plays. He got sure first challenge. I think those are all Big moment. important experiences. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I guess everything's everything's important in some way. Eleven, John. I mean, you know, it was. I mean, yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. All right. Well, I'm we'll just see. Kidding. I'm not. I'm not. An advocate for preseason overtime. No, no one, no, no one wants preseason overtime. It, it's it's the absolute worst, you know. And Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, if you, if you're if you're up or down two, if you're down two and you get the ball, right, you you should be forced to go for three. You either <laughs> either win this thing or right. lose this thing. You know, there, there's got to be like overtime rules. Like they, if making a two pointer there, it should have been waved off. Illegal shot. <laughs> yeah. Celtics, it's over. Goodbye. You were not allowed oh. to take it to the rim. Yeah. Um, like, anybody so left. Uh, we everybody left. That. We were like, no. But then, trying to be grateful, we're still here watching basketball. I know. I know. But I got to tell you, being in that media section, when they go into overtime in a preseason game, there there is no greater string of curse words in in the building then right there everybody pen i think i lost a pen i threw it i don't know it's just <laughs> it's so weird it's so like we're like oh god we gotta we gotta watch basketball for five more minutes five but more minutes. in the, in that moment it's like oh come on it's late anyway all right abby appreciate you hopping on for a little bit thank you thank so you much abby. abby chin everybody I know that's going to be a, a big show because Abby's a big guest. I want to appreciate I appreciate Abby coming on. I appreciate you listening to the show and watching the show. If you're still here, you get to subscribe to the show. It's a five-day-a-week podcast, Monday through Friday. You can listen to the show. You can watch the show on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed there. You can ring the bell because I you get that notification as soon as the show drops. And I generally drop them early on the YouTube page. So subscribe there. Comment, feed the algorithm, and share the podcast. Tell your friends and family. 
tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.